Welcome to Adulting on the Spectrum. I'm Andrew, an Autistic Certified Financial Planner. I co-run Adulting on the Spectrum with Eileen Lamb. Hey, Eileen. Hey, everyone. In this podcast, we want to highlight the real voices of autistic adults, not just inspirational stories, but people like us talking about their day-to-day life. Basically, we want to give a voice to a variety of autistic people. Today, our guest is Danny Bowman. Danny, who is on the autism spectrum, founded her company, Danimation Entertainment, at age 14 in 2009 and launched Danimation UK in 2019. She graduated with a Bachelor in Fine Arts and Animation in 2018 and an MBA in Global Strategy and Leadership in 2020. Danny was also featured on the Netflix show, Love on the Spectrum. Hi, Danny. Thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you so much, Eileen and Andrew Camaro, for letting me be part of the show. Andrew and I, we've known each other since, um, I guess, two years ago, I guess. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So, Danny, we want to ask you how you like to identify yourself, like person with autism, autistic, on the spectrum. What do you like? Yeah, I like, I preferably being called the person on the autism spectrum because um, I, well, I am on the spectrum. Well, it doesn't matter if anyone calls me person with autism or an autistic person. I can, I'm open to that definition. So can you tell us about when you were diagnosed with autism? Uh, what was that experience like? So um, before my before I was diagnosed with autism, my parents knew there was something different about me. By age five, that's when my mom diagnosed me, but she never but but she never told me that I have autism. I wasn't speaking other than saying some echolalia, and I would do some repetitive movements like lining things up, climbing on everything I could climb, and I would just run every chance I got. And yes, I would cry and holler every time I would not get my way. But I, however, I did not know that I have autism until age 11 when I moved in to live with my aunt and uncle. And Sandy told me all of the autistic traits that I have, um, that I've been doing, like all the repetitive movements. She, know, she told me that I have autism. I was shocked when she told me. I thought it was a disease, but she told me it's just the way that I'm born with. So being a person on the autism spectrum feels like you have the power. I have the power to like and be able to focus and concentrate and hyper focus, but also learn how to control my daydreaming and all that, and all that autistic stuff. Like talk to myself, just, just to fit to societal norms. So what what was it like for you growing up on on the spectrum? What was your biggest struggle, and is it the same now, or has it changed uh, over the years? Well, it definitely has changed over the years. In the beginning, I was just um, into my own little world as a person on the autism spectrum. But then as I got older, I must realize, I must um, learn the importance about um, growth. As growing up, I must learn how to fit into societal norms and learn how to like be able to stay motivated because what's going to happen? Because what's going to happen to adults on the autism spectrum if they don't act now? For me, I definitely have to learn how to prioritize deadlines. Like, for example, it doesn't any deadlines, whether it's just um, homework, whether it's school assignments or a project deadline. Those are the stuff that definitely motivated me to be. And also, most importantly, I've taken lots of social skills class to help me uh, stay to socialize and learn how to have a proper conversation. Yeah, my autism has um, improved over the years. Seems So you had a, you know, a special interest in animation since at least 14, right? And so I assume in school, uh, you were, you were autistic. So I assume you had an IEP, right? That's right. I had IEPs in the past. 
But however, um, I just had to take some general ed classes because I was in special ed until the 11th grade. And, and because I have to pass the California, had to pass the California high school exit exam because I was struggling with my English part. In order to get some, in order to graduate with a high school diploma, I had to take some general ed classes. So that way, not only to improve my English skill, English skills, but also pass the, the English part of the California high school exit exam, which is very, very important for the person on the autism spectrum. And during college, in addition to that, in addition to going college, college has lots of wonderful accommodations. When I was at college, I was able to get um, special accommodations like getting getting extra time and using the recorder to, to listen to, to lectures again. And also I've taken a, a special course called uh, a special course, I forgot the name, but it's about special, it's called um, effective study. I've taken the effective studies, effective notes, taking note studies to help me learn how to take notes better while attending, while taking college classes. That sounds really difficult. I mean, I feel like even for neurotypical people, taking notes is like really hard when you're like listening and then writing it down. What, yeah. uh, what tips do you have? The biggest tips I have while you're at um, college or university is definitely write down the bullet points or the notes that are the most important thing. It's not just about what the teacher wrote in the PowerPoint. Don't just copy down the PowerPoint presentation, put in the most important points of what needs to be due. And and it's okay to record the uh, the presentation so that way you can listen back to what the, what the teacher is saying. So then you can write those notes down. Sometimes I type in my notes right after I write them down to correct them. So it can get in top. So that way it can get in, into my head. And so a, a question I, I know, um, and, and everyone learns like differently. So like, I, I like listening to like audio, right? To like, I studied a lot of tests, listening to audio CDs in the car. Um, but as far as the IEP process goes, I know there's a part where there's transition where they're supposed yeah. to be able to prepare you for you know the future. And given that you had, such a, a, an interest that you knew you wanted. My question is, how did the IEP process help you with animation and help you prepare for being an adult? And what could you recommend to others who they have a 14 year old with an interest, you know, um, and again, I'm making an assumption that you did this, but- Well, this you, is like a, <laughs> well, this is a bit of a mouthful, but I could just let you know that during my IEPs, my teachers have already let me know in advance that what is college like, they've already, I, they already told me in advance that, um, that there's not going to be any school bells or going to another class. You just have to like follow the schedule. But the positive side about transitioning from high school to college, while, while high school, well, for high school, you have a solid schedule from from six periods for college. On the other hand, you customize and change, choose a class you want to help you with the, your credits. If you're especially, that's what I've learned from taking Glendale community. When I was attending Glendale community college before transitioning to Woodbury university. In addition to that, if you have like a, for me uh, with sense animation is a passion. I've also have taken art classes outside of high school. Like for example, I've taken art center college of design and I've taken um, several classes like at Woodbury university because that way it helps me elevate my art skills to help me get go to the university that I want, which is Woodbury University. That's the, that's the university where I got the degrees, where I got my BFA in animation in 2018 and an MBA in global strategy leadership in 2020. But I would not go through Woodbury University without the accommodations. I still had accommodations back then. Like for example, 
for writing essays, I did had um, a tutor who can help me with my writing essays. It's okay to get accommodations while you're at university. They always do. Woodbury University always provides that. That's that's great. Yeah, I think it's a good message for people like to to be okay asking for accommodation even uh, at university. Um, so when did you know you had a gift for art? Because uh, you know you you mentioned like starting at uh, fourteen, then you mentioned, but like when you were a kid, like were you like the type of child to like just doodle all the time? Like did you know from early early on? I knew that. Well, for me, I think I was born an animator. I think I was been animating ever since I could remember. Because of autism, I didn't speak until I was six, but I was doing stop motion by five. I would take my plush toys and a camera, take a picture, move them, take another picture. And I have my family develop the film. When I get the pictures, I would flip them. I didn't realize at the time I was doing stop motion. The way I figured out how to do this was because I used to have a lot of VHSs of many different animated movies. I would just play stop rewind, play stop rewind at the same spot all day long. And when I would rewind, I would stop at the same spot with just microsecond forward. I think my family was confused as the way I kept rewinding the same film over and over, but all I was doing was stopping at the same spot and forward that and doing and figured out that they were just pictures moving a little bit. So I tried to replicate with that idea with my plush toys and a camera. And as I grew older, I started watching behind the scene videos that showed animation process like Disney's Dinosaur, Pokemon, Finding Nemo, The Lion King one and a half, which actually inspired me to create my own animation projects. That's how I discovered my passion in drawing and animation. Oh, uh, so can you tell us more about Danny Motion? Danny Mation. <laughs> Danny Mation. I don't know what I was Danny thinking. Uh, I don't know what I was That's thinking. That's okay. Everybody makes mistakes. Yeah. Yep. It's okay. Everybody makes mistakes. <laughs> so anyways, um, Danny Mation Entertainment is an animation social enterprise that I started in 2009. Danny Mation's mission is to help educate, elevate, and empower youth on the autism spectrum by turning their passion in animation into a career. So um, what... What made, why do I start Denimation Entertainment? Well, I, when I moved in with my aunt and uncle at around 10 or 11, when I decided to try to create my own company because, well, Sandy had her own company and my uncle had his own company. So I thought everyone had their own company. <laughs> then I learned about the creator of Pokemon, Satoshi Tariji, that he created his video game company, Game Freak, at age 17. So I set out to beat his record, and my company was officially launched in 2009 when I was 14. I had to admit that I did not do it alone. My uncle is an entrepreneur himself, so he helped me with the website and all of the logistics of registering a company. And my aunt has always been there to support me whenever I need help to be successful because nobody does it alone. It takes a team. So what we do at Denimation is not only we do original animation projects, helped created and created by people on the autism spectrum and other different abilities, but we're here to help teach. We also provide animation programs that help our students. We help educate, elevate, and empower students by turning their passion, whether it's animation or film, into a career. That's amazing. Do you have any uh, advice for someone who wants to start their own company and maybe beat your record? <laughs> well, um, one most important advice for anyone that wants to start their company, you just have to get... Nobody does it alone because I had help from my aunt and uncle to start their companies going. If you want to be an entrepreneur, it's, it's, I knew you just need to, everybody needs help one point or another. 
and everybody it all takes a team no oh, that's not such good advice yeah okay i'm gonna switch gears a little bit here but i'm sure everyone is dying to know where you're at in your dating life do you have any anything exciting to share well um i don't think i have dated anybody lately since um if it's anybody have you seen love on the spectrum us oh yeah yes my dating life is like a crickets 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 sound because i don't think i have any updates on my dating life but um but it looks like i'm just a, it's about time for me to go and go dating again this leads to another question you're asking me andrew that am i going to be on on the next season of love on the spectrum well Pardon? you just have to wait and see andrew <laughs> <laughs> Do you know anything about uh, the the next season of Love on the Spectrum? Like, uh, can uh, people apply? Are they looking yes, for anybody? Are, yes, especially for we are looking for females right now who are in the in the Atlanta, Georgia area and the Boston, Massachusetts area. <clears throat> if you are interested in applying to be part of Love on the Spectrum, especially those who live in the Boston, Massachusetts or the Atlanta, Georgia area. You just have to go ahead and apply, send an email with a brief description of yourself and photo to production at northernpictures.com.au. What, what was it like uh, for, for you like to uh, apply? I assume you had to apply to be on the, on the show. And uh, do you have any advice for anyone who's going to apply for the next season? So what is it like for me being applying for the show? Well, I guess I don't necessarily apply for Love on the Spectrum. It actually just happened because it's because Northern Pictures just um, asked because, well, well, it's you could imagine my excitement when Love on the Spectrum's production company, Northern Pictures, contacted me about this incredible opportunity. I didn't just go ahead and apply for Love on the Spectrum. They just asked me if I could be on Love on the Spectrum. I said yes to this amazing opportunity. For those of you who want to be on Love on the Spectrum, I know if you get accepted, that is great. Just, but the most important thing I have for everyone that wants to be on Love and Spectrum, just be your true, authentic self. I think that's good advice for anybody, whether they're applying for Love on the Spectrum or not. <laughs> I completely agree. It's always good to be your true, authentic self. We've had uh, two guests, uh, Jennifer Cook, and who was the other one, Eileen? We have Kayleen. Yeah. Kayleen. Kayleen. Yeah. Kayleen, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, we, we love Love on the Spectrum. And I mean, I feel like everybody who's on that show is so great to talk to. And uh, yeah, definitely a, a great cast uh, you guys uh, you guys have. Thank you so much. Of course. Can you share your favorite moment from filming? Well, my, well um, <clears throat> what are my favorite moments? Well, my favorite experiences from the show, I would say my three favorites are, number one, I love, I just love the speed dating experience. <clears throat> Let me try this again. I tried the, the speed dating experience for the first time. It was very interesting because I get to, I get to ask many questions to the person that I speed date with and get to know their personalities. This wants me to get to choose the right person and to go on a date with, which I thought was like really interesting. And two is going to different new places like the castle. I love the castle part where they show the koi pond. They show the koi in the fountain, which is like incredibly majestic place. And I like going to new restaurants like the um, the French place where Devin and I, we chatted and had our cheers. And the Yamashiro Hollywood with the Don. That's right. I love trying out new things. 
Well, speaking of Yamashiro, I'd like to go there again, especially for the Drunken Dragon's Milk, which is my favorite cocktail from this restaurant. What what is it? Uh what or what what's in the drink? Well, um the Drunken Dragon's Milk, well, it's coconut milk with um with different I think it's just mixture of green tea or something. I forget. Okay. It's pretty good. What was uh your your least favorite or you know embarrassing moment or uh something from from the show if you want to share? Oh my goodness. I just can't wait to ta- tell you the most embarrassing moment on Love on the Spectrum. What I should have have done um when I was some um, dating, when I was on my first date on Love on the Spectrum, as if you've seen episode 1 or 2 of Love on the Spectrum, what happened was is that even though I thought the guy was very attractive and hot looking, <laughs> But then I just expressed it out loud. I should have, have said that too soon. I should have expressed my love and feelings too soon. The biggest lesson I've learned is um, do not express your, it's okay to have feelings, but don't express it out loud during the third, during the fourth, until the fourth or the fifth date. And then set your boundaries. And I had to learn how to set my boundaries from the very, very beginning. Because when I set my boundaries from the beginning, that's when the guy, that's when the person I date learns how to be respectful to who's dating boundaries are important but you know i think it's great when people express how they're feeling so openly like you do because at least you don't have to like guess you know there's a lot of guessing games in dating so when you have someone in front of you who's just telling you just how they feel at least you know you know so it's not necessarily a bad thing even though socially maybe it's not the best but you know then again, three autistic people talking right now, so we might not be my, the best at giving def- advice. Yeah, I definitely said it way too early with my wife. So I think, you know, she's like, I, I don't know if I like this person yet. I'm, I'm oh, yeah. Feels that way. So, you know. What, what was your, uh, your best and worst date? Not necessarily on the show, but like in your life. Well, I don't think I had the worst, worst date in my life. But I don't think any of the dates are that I think the worst date what happened in my life was actually happened after Love on the Spectrum with the first guy. He wasn't being respectful. I don't really have a particular best moment from dates, but usually the best moments come when I go to different types of um, when I go to a favorite place that I love. And that's when the that's when I had the best dates, usually to the favorite places I've wanted to go and making both. Both my date and I are happy, but I don't have particular, particular favorite. So the where you're at is also important, not just the person you're with, but where you are, like okay. the experience. Yeah. Uh, what was it like being, you know, having cameras on you at all times? Did you enjoy it? Was it difficult? So what is it like being on TV and having cameras on me? So I never get bothered by cameras at all. These all the camera people, it's such as because it was a small group, there were people that followed me around and I totally and that definitely did not bother me at all. I don't mind being filmed and I and I enjoy that. They're like my friends. They're like my wing people. I'm going to ask you some uh, quick fire questions. It's basically we're going to ask uh, about your likes and dislikes and you can just tell me the first answer that comes to your mind, like very easy and fast. Okay. Okay. So what are some of my likes and hobbies and interests? I would like to tell you some of the, the things I like. Well, obviously animation is my favorite dumb focus, but also I really love geology. I re- especially love studying rocks and minerals. I love science, most, mostly science, and I love to travel. Traveling is also one of my favorite places. And, and different, and trying out different cuisines. 
like going to different new restaurants. Do you like French? Oh, yes, I do like French foods. And I've always wanted to go to France, especially Paris, France. So um, I remembered last year that um, Sandy and I were originally going to have going to go to Paris, France, but um, we, which, we went to Ireland instead, but that's okay. Not really the same. France is great when uh, you're visiting, uh, obviously. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm from France. You can probably tell. I can tell, accent. yes, especially with your dialect. It's so nice. Oh, thank you. It's funny because um, I don't like my accent and people like it. You know how people are always harder on themselves than the people around them? So, yeah, thank you. Do you have a favorite artist? It's really cute. Do you like a particular favorite artist, like um, any animation yeah. artist or a music artist? A anything like your inspiration. What art? You can say several artists. Cause... I can say some several inspirations I really like. Like, for example, Sylvine Chomet is a French animator who does uh, The Old Lady and the Pigeons, The Triplets of Belleville, and The Illusionist. I also get inspirations from the famous uh, animator Craig McCracken, who did the Powerpuff Girls, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, Wonder of Yonder, and Kid Cosmic. And Lauren Faust, who did his wife, who did My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. And I was also inspired by Jamie Hewitt, who does Gorillas. Awesome. Uh, do you have a favorite Netflix show? Kid Cosmic is my favorite Netflix animated show. And I also really like the feature animated movie called Mitchells vs. the Machines. Have you seen those, um? Have you seen the animated series Kid Cosmic or Mitchells vs. the Machines? I haven't. Andrew, have you? I have not. Eileen hasn't even seen Star Wars, so she she's a lost cause. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite drink? Is it the drink from that restaurant you were telling us about? Well, I, well, for me, it's not the fake. It's my favorite from this restaurant, but it's, but I have varieties of different types of cocktails. I explore different cocktails. I don't have a particular favorite favorite, but I really love drinks that are made with blue carousel in it. Any drinks with blue carousel. What's your favorite color? Any favorite color? Well, I really like lavender. Lavender is one of my, I've got several favorite colors. I like lavender, which is um, the color. It's such a pretty color. I also like pink and I also like blue. And I also like that type of green called a chartreuse. Chartreuse. Yeah, that's yes, French. Yes, it means charter house in French. <laughs> awesome. Okay, there is a question that we ask all our guests. It's kind of a silly question, but we want to know what you think. You know, glow in the dark, is that a color or a property? Um, glow in the dark? Well, it's... It's it's an effect. So I'm holding up. For it's anyone watching the blurry. Video. Oh, it's blurry. So like the green, like the the, yeah, like you know, the neon the, green. Yeah, yes. From, yeah. from when glow That's in the close. dark is during the day. The, when you see this color, what color is it? Is it glow in the dark? Well, chartreuse is more like a yellowish green, or like lime. Okay. So. What's well, not glow a color? In the dark is not a color, according is, to you. Well, it is. A, it can be a color too. It's, it can be a shade. But I've got. I think I've got a neon green example. But I've got one. Well, this green is very close. But this is not a real chartreuse. If it, if I put yellow and green in it, it would be more like a limey color, like a lime. Mm. Okay. I feel she kind of she kind of agree with you, Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, oh, there well, it is. You know. oh, I found it. <laughs> That's a church. That's a satrus. Nice. Yeah. This oh, color. I have this. I'm talking about this color, like a yeah. goo green. And is that glow in the dark? Almost. Mm -hmm. I don't this think it's glow in the dark. It's so. not glow in the dark. It's a color. Mm. 
like well, a lime neon green. Glow in the dark can be a color. We've we've established that glow in the dark can be a color. Glow in the dark is not a color though. Oh, oh now it isn't. Oh, okay. it. <laughs> Dang it. Andrew thinks it's a color. That's yes. why we're asking our guest to settle this <laughs> debate that will never end. <laughs> Uh, so, Danny, do you want to tell uh, our listener where they can find you on social media and all of that? Sure. So um, you can find me on Instagram under the name Danny Bowman one on Instagram and on TikTok. You can find me under Danny Bowman on Facebook or, and my Danimation and my company Danimation on Facebook as well. You can also find me on LinkedIn, Danny Bowman and Danimation Entertainment on LinkedIn. You can also find my YouTube page, Danimation Entertainment, and my Twitter account, Danimation ENT. Or you could just Google me. <laughs> that's that's the good one. Yeah, that works. Uh, we'll put the links in the description on the website when your episode goes live. So people can just click and find you. Well, thank you so much, uh, Danny, for, for coming uh, today. I love how you're just exactly the same as uh, we saw you on TV. You're your true, authentic self, like you were telling people to be. And it's uh, it's really nice. So thank you. No, my, no problem. Anytime. Thank you so much for having me on the show again. Of course. Of course. Yeah.